Health Unwrapped is the conversation you need to hear to enhance your well-being from the experts at BioGlan. We'll be talking about trending health topics and ways you can make a difference to your health with leading experts discussing the latest developments in dietary supplements and, of course, natural foods. I'm your host, Natalie Silverman, host of the Fertility Podcast, and I'll be taking you on your wellness journey. If there's a party, probiotics are party goers, so they're in, and if you feed the party goers alcohol and good food, aka prebiotics, they're going to have a better time at the party. Welcome back to another episode of Health Unwrapped from BioGlan, and we're talking about gut health once again as we rejoin the Mac twins, Alana and Lisa, myth busting the things you might have heard about your gut health. We're going to be talking all about the basics of gut health and kind of simplifying some of it to really make it clear for you. Can, <laughs> can we just talk a little bit about the whole kind of confusion around pre and um, probiotics and what the difference is? I think is that one thing with pre and probiotics uh, is the baseline knowledge is still after Oak Street, we actually went to Manchester, Bristol, we took on a roadshow around. And what we realised was that in the London Echo Chamber, pre and probiotics is quite a you know, familiar concept. And then you get you know, and that's not that's not a regional thing. It's just because, you know, in London, you know, we're there's a lot of brand kind of voices are perhaps a bit louder than here in this space. And um, but prebiotics mm. are the food for the good bacteria, and the probiotics are the good bacteria. So that's the kind of easiest way to explain it. So we always say like, if there's a party, probiotics are party goers, so they're in, and if you feed the party goers alcohol and good food aka prebiotics they're going to have a better time at the party uh, and I love they're, going that. Be, <laughs> they're going to be and you know and prebiotics I think is actually an easier concept to grasp because there's a lot of with probiotics there's a lot of confusing messaging out there and the science is still it's still a very new area for everyone and I think with probiotics we have to treat them like you would any other supplement. So prebiotics are the food, and probiotics are the good bacteria. And you need a bit of both. And how can the probiotics then help with the whole body? I think the thing with probiotics, and people always ask us this about how do you know which ones work and which ones don't? Yeah. And I mean the answer is we don't. <laughs> but right. I think with a lot of it, different strains of probiotics do different things. So, for example, there's one particular strain that has been through a lot of clinical studies and research called traveller's diarrhoea. So I think with probiotics, it's more important to look, because in terms of quantity, you know, us as punters, you go into a health store and it's like one billion, trillion, squillion cultures. And you're like, hi, that's great. But what does that mean? (laughs) So I think if you focus on the strain, like a lot of brilliant companies, uh, there's a lot of amazing companies out there, Biogland is one of them. They've been through a lot of clinical trials products, but they're not allowed to say that on path or in marketing so if you focus on the strain it all it it helps to clear away the kind of marketing side of it and all that so if you go into PubMed which we thought was a a guide to London pubs unfortunately not um and type in the different strains of bacteria you'll see which clinical trials the strains have been through rather than you know lots of different strains in one product which I think is an easier way to kind of navigate it I think with probiotics you have to ask yourself why you're taking it uh, in order yeah. to find the correct product because the different strains do different things. Yeah, totally. The most confusing thing is what, why and when to have them. I think there's a lot of confusing messages about that. Do you have it in liquid? Do you have it in tablet? It's actually, because it's so personalised, we can't say that this is one strain or thing that anyone should, could use. So that's what we always say, like, just do your research. And I think a lot of people think, you know, it's in, you have to get 
that from those small fermented dairy drinks um, or from things like yogurt and all that sort of thing. So I think the concept of getting it through supplementation or food can be quite difficult for people. But yeah, again, like we've got lots of information on the site about the kind of hierarchy of evidence and what different clinical trials mean, like if they've been done on mice or is it, if it's a randomized control trial and what that means. I think once you get your head around that, you start to see which products have been through which trials and what that means. When it comes to buying and, and supplements, do you guys regularly take supplements? We both take probiotics. Actually, when we were going through the research and why one of the reasons why we worked with Biogotten is we were given inulin powder as, as part of the research. Um, and I think as well, like the 30 grams, as we talked about, is more fibres, hard to hit. And I think a lot of people will say, but you should be getting it through food. And that's, you know, that's true. That's great. But actually, if you need a little top up um, with the inulin powder, that is, you know, legit as well. You need to get, your bacteria needs food too. <laughs> so yeah, if we're struggling to get our fibre and if we're on the move or whatever, then we'll do that. So how, how would you advise that you take it? So we used to always just put it in water and chuck it back you know and it doesn't it's nice and sweet it doesn't it's not that that's because it tastes bad but in smoothies is quite good as well because it uh, or juices because it gives everything a nice little extra bit of sweetness as well as feeding your good bacteria it's a treat for all do you take any of us a vitamin d vitamin d if we were, yeah in lockdown we had vitamin d but that's it really we should try our first protocol should be trying to get everything through food but i think the good thing about biogland as well is that actually they're so great at saying the message of you know each product you have to figure out why you're why you're taking it and if you've got a good reason for that and that's why it's good that's why we have to talk about the science behind them so that it's not just a lot of jargon people know why what the, the reasoning behind it yeah. yeah it needs to be an informed choice rather than exactly. you just buying and then rattling because of all the things that you're taking without any awareness exactly exactly you can then overdo it one thing that we, we've definitely started hearing much more about is like fermented food and we're seeing more tubs of sauerkraut and kimchi and that type of thing when we're out, you know, in, in our whole food shops. Why is it so good for our gut? You know, people have been having, you know, everyone's like kind of on the kind of sourdough hype, but people have been fermenting foods by way of preservation for years and years and years. The problem with fermented foods is that great to start putting them in your diet. Of course, we don't know quite how they can improve your gut health from a direct perspective and um, there's actually a lot of clinical trials going on with fermented foods at the minute people's like what's the scientific evidence behind that what's the scientific evidence behind kimchi and it's like you know clinical trials are really really expensive so small artisan fermenters ain't paying millions of pounds in order to get their sauerkraut tested to yeah. see the benefits do you know what i mean but you know from like anecdotally throughout history um you know and i always think as well like there's no contraindications to taking that so if you want to try a bit of sauerkraut you think it tastes good then go for gold same with kombucha if you're yes there is a lot a sliding scale in terms of efficacy with a lot of kombucha brands out there but if you're swapping it for another fizzy drink full of nonsense yeah, totally. then it's great <laughs> so and i think we'll try and search for the science in these things which isn't there yet but hopefully even next year it might be but you know if you take it and it makes you feel better and your stomach feels better then go for gold i think as well it's about you know affordability and accessibility as well and we're really hot on that and if you make your own sauerkraut it's literally just cabbage salt in a jar you know it's a, it's a cheap option and it's a great we've been running fermenting fridays during lockdown and it's a great thing to do with your kids and it's sort of like having a pet like i think in our day it was like a tamagotchi and now it's <laughs> yes. like making your own kimchi yeah. i love that your your instagram is so straight talking in in that sense that you're you're talking 
talk about the claims that are made and you'll explain more about that and have people thinking more. And I know that there has been, we mentioned it before, there has been a, a more recent conversation about poo on there. So I thought this might be a good time to bring it in because I was looking at it, seeing about this whole squatting stall and thinking, what? how on earth do I get that over my toilet? So just explain <laughs> how squatting is better for you, the research that you've done, uh, how you found out about it and, and how, how we do it. Yeah, I mean, this is something actually that we, because when we put it on Instagram, I was like, oh God, people are going to be really embarrassed. But it got so many people were tagging their mates, tagging their husbands. Yeah. Um, And I guess it kind of, and it does make sense, like obviously historically, you know, we squatted, so our bodies are built to do it. And like the modern Western concept of toilets does feel a bit silly when you look back at how we've done it before. But essentially how I imagine it in my head is there was like, a little kind of lasso thing muscle that um, when you're sitting down gets like pulled so it makes a kink in the kind of exit plan <laughs> and when Nicely you're sitting put. down and, and I guess it's well like a lot of people struggle with constipation so if there's one thing that you can contri- contrive that can potentially ease that it's good to try but I think our infographic does kind of help with that and when you see the, the poo stuck in the tube <laughs> it kind yeah. of makes sense but as well yeah you don't have to have a stool you can just have books you just need to elevate your feet up okay fine yeah but again i think as well it's the same thing as food and diet there's a lot of other stuff that isn't to do with food like you know sleep um exercise uh, how much exercise you get things so there's lots of different things at play so there's loads of different things you can try then have a bash and if that means getting some books underneath your feet when you do a poo then that's what that means (laughs) i'm quite curious i've got like little store that my son would use when he needed to wash his hands (laughs) yeah Yeah, so i might have to kind of get another one of those to put each side as a a little makeshift one. Yeah. Um, you mentioned earlier on about uh, the, the rise in IBS. Is that in the conversations that you're having with people and, and people are asking questions about it or is that as a, a result of, of some research that you've, you've seen? The thing about IBS, I think the reason why the conversation is a bit louder with, because obviously there's lots of other gut conditions like Crohn's and colitis and of course bowel cancer and stuff like that. So a lot of the clinical conditions uh, and a lot of people that come across the gut stuff have these conditions and are looking for community, community and, and support. I think the thing with IBS is that so many people have been turned away and told um, and not been diagnosed because they've been told that um, it's all in their heads, uh, which actually some of the time IBS is so intrinsically linked to stress. It is. But if your doctor tells you that uh, and doesn't do anything to help you, um, it can be a really difficult, you know, it's a difficult space. And we've it, going to your doctor with a digestive issue um, is something that people are firstly and wrongly so embarrassed about. And I think because IBS is more common, um, it, yeah, it's something that we get asked about a lot and it's difficult to to kind of give advice because it is so personalised. Sure. Actually, on our website, um, we have Dr. Dawn from Madison Bodies has got an amazing post for us and she walks through how to go to your GP with a digestive issue if you think you have IBS. It's just really useful when you break it down like that because actually the receptionist at your doctor's surgery knows what each doctor is passionate about or is potentially a specialist in. So yeah. direct you to the right doctor, which kind of makes sense. You're like, oh yeah. Um, if, if a doctor kind of has read up about digestive issues or knows about them, then you know, that's a doctor you should see. Um, but yeah, IBS, I think there's a, I think as well, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of people that are vulnerable, but we, I think we didn't realise how debilitating it was until we started. We actually used to do IBS for specific supper clubs. And um, yeah, we, we kind of, yeah, didn't realise how debilitating it was until we started to meet people that had it. And people were like, I haven't left the house in two years or, you know, 
It's um, people just struggle on, which is the sad thing when you hear that people have just been putting up with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, one in five people take time off work due to digestive issues. If that was anything else, then HR departments would be throwing money at the problem. It's a tricky one, isn't it? And I think the fact that there is such awareness from especially the work that you're doing and people can feel that bit more empowered and and more confident. You you talked as well about how intrinsically our body is linked, how stress can have an impact, how things like exercise can help. And your gut and obviously your immune system are linked. And whilst we've been talking about COVID, it's especially relevant. But I'm curious as to whether you felt healthier in winter months after looking after your gut more. Yeah, and Alana claims she's not had a cold since <laughs> since we started on this journey. I haven't. Um, she likes but... to do it like a badge of honour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, the, I think the one thing that I sort of realised, and this is obviously purely anecdotal, but yeah, I just kind of have more energy, like even in the winter months and stuff. I just, you know, we um, we work 12 to 14 hour days a lot of the time. And in the winter, I think, you know, I went, yeah, Alana's, I do still get a couple of colds. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think as well that immunity is such it's such a massive topic. And when we first, um, when we were doing the series, we met an amazing immunologist called Danny Altman. And you know, immunity before we just thought it was like echinacea and yeah, colds. Whereas actually, there's it's so complex and it informs so much stuff and and even like autoimmune diseases and and things like that. That it's such a wide topic, and we get asked a lot about kind of immunity and kids and stuff. So we. We've got a lot of information on the site about that from immunologists to um, to kind of talk about that. But I think it's difficult as well because with immunity, you know, there's a lot of stuff to boost your immunity. And, you know, people see it as something that needs to be boosted, whereas actually it's just something that needs to, to work for us. <laughs> um, and that's why, yeah, we talk a lot around the science about kind of immune cells and how our gut bacteria um, interact with them. So, Alana, no cold? No cold in however long? Yeah, no, I haven't. Could be down to anything, though. To be fair, I, I used I used to love hot yoga in my old life. Remember that? Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, no, I haven't. But then I was, you know, in bed for three days with COVID. So, but I think as we've learned from this virus in particular, however well we are, it, it has had its its way. Um, I I had it too and lost my taste and, and smell. As I think you guys said, you did as well I mean how was that when you know your diet is such a huge part of your, your world yeah I think it's, it was so strange for oh me my God. it's very specific kind of thing from torture <laughs> not being able to taste or smell my husband is an amazing cook and obviously like you were talking about the cooking that you've been doing he was in his element going how's it taste and I was like oh, I don't know it's hot in temperature it's kind of <laughs> chewy it's a good texture <laughs> What was the worst thing? We were doing the same. We used to do the fairy liquid test every morning. We'd lick fairy liquid. I'm not sure how healthy that was for our guts, but (laughs) to see if we we could taste taste it. I love it. I had, you know, like jelly belly beans. My my son had like a tub of them and I was having a daily, trying to find a weird tasting jelly belly to see if I could taste it. I think nicer than fairy liquid. That was the worst thing about it as well, because I think when we all first went into lockdown, our meals, and actually still to a degree now, were the things that we really looked forward to in the day really like punctuated our day so right I'll have my lunch now um I'll have a nice dinner and that's sort of what what got us through the first sort of couple of weeks having that focus in a way and actually not being able to taste it was yeah a specific form of torture and what about your other halves um their kind of wellness around all of this and how much have they bought into obviously it's a massive part of both of your worlds now and I'm assuming that they've bought in because they can't really escape it have they had the same kind of success or had any issues with it not with you doing it I mean with you know the changes that you made with your lifestyle Uh, Luke the other day was like this is far too much fibre Alana you're taking the mick now because I think yeah, we had like 
one of the teas that I made the other day was like a side of like chicory and something else and then like all the lentils and the next day he was just like no that was too far you went too far this time but he he, he is fascinated by it as well but he he's like always mixes up the words just to annoy him I think he's like oh yeah that's your polyphenols and that's your microbiomes you know they've really seen the journey and it was the same as us you know from the start they were a bit like what are you two talking about and now as other people starting to talk about they're like oh yeah you were actually on to something well done yeah peter is um it's, he's a bit harder work to get involved in look <laughs> set in his ways i've been swap, swapping his milk for kefir um which has actually really helped with his eczema he was like this doesn't actually taste that bad i was like yeah but it's like having you know it's like having a five-year-old i have to put supplements next to his morning coffee and he was actually um the same so he basically works in new york before this every monday tuesday so he'd fly out on a sunday night and fly back on a wednesday morning yeah he was an angry dehydrated man uh, <laughs> and so i was just kind of you know trying to but he's it's quite good to have someone that it's like our mum at that end of the spectrum like we have if we have like kind of friends and family board meetings where we get people in like the cynical <laughs> family members and mum's like that's too preachy I don't understand that um or they're like people will never do that and um, so I think it's quite good to have that kind of yeah the end the, the end of the barometer to know whether people will get on board or not have you seen more willingness amongst men or women from the different engagements that you have? De I mean, definitely women are willing to try new things, but actually um, men, once they're hooked, they're hooked. That's what I would say. It's hard. Like, I think as well, like when we first started, obviously a lot of our events were kind of female heavy. Now it's quite evenly split. Obviously on Instagram and stuff, like the kind of analytics are that it's a lot more women. But actually with men, like it takes a bit longer for them to start talking about it. But once you break the poo taboo, it is, um, yeah, floodgates open. <laughs> Did you just say poo taboo and floodgates open in the same sentence? I did, yeah. <laughs> I think that <laughs> happened. <laughs> what a perfect place to end the conversation. <laughs> if you were going to give like one final tip for people listening in terms of, you know, being proactive and especially still as we are all still vulnerable with what's going on with COVID and we want to try and obviously we've talked about it in quite a bit of detail, look after ourselves as best we can, but it is overwhelming. Um, obviously we'll put all the details to how people can find, you know, and connect with you guys what's a, a good tip or place for someone to start I think you know just educating yourself around it first because that helps with absolutely everything else if you know what you're talking about you can make informed decisions and I think it's really exciting that there are brands like Biobland that are not just interested in solely shifting products that want to educate people and make sure that people have that piece and that's why things like this podcast are so fantastic because that's what needs to happen first to make sure there's like a level playing field that everyone kind of knows the, the first ever series that we did when we interviewed the scientists you can actually watch it's two minute videos but you can watch it from kind of start to end on youtube if you've got a rainy day <laughs> um, and that's from scientists everyone from you know the head of parkinson's research to immunologists and um, talking about the microbiome and how it affects uh, their kind of area of science and specialism so yeah that's what i would say is just kind of educate yourself across all of that and empower yourself with the facts yeah, 
totally. Yeah, I think as well, just um, understanding that it is so personalised. If if Lisa and I uh, can't as identical twins, you know, have the same lifestyle or, or diet or or be given the same advice, then no one can. And it's about you know coming out of the mindset of you know what works for me should work for my best friend and my sister and my cousin, and really tuning in and finding out what works for you. Brilliant. And would you say that having access to all the tests as twins has been quite what well, it's been life changing? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you told me ten years ago I had a gut health business, I would have laughed in your face. <laughs> Who would have went, what? What's that? Whilst you're lugging your vinyl from place to place. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, Alana and Lisa, thank you so much for your time. It's been really, really interesting. And I love that you just explain it as it is. It's not no frills because there's a lot of really useful information there, but you make it so easy to kind of get your head around. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Be sure to subscribe via your favourite podcast app to stay up to date on Biogland's commitment to your wellness. You can also listen back to series one of Health and Rat, and we'd love you to leave us a review. To find out more about our products, follow us on Instagram at Biogland Supplements, on Facebook at Biogland UK, or visit biogland.co.uk. Be sure to subscribe via your favourite podcast app to stay up to date on Biogland's commitment to your wellness. You can also listen back to series one of Health and Rat, and we'd love you to leave us a review. To find out more about our products, follow us on Instagram at Biogland Supplements, on Facebook at Biogland UK, or visit biogland.co.uk.